0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Missives from the World of Brass, Chapter 4, The Antiquarian's Bookshop. The hanging sign in front of the bookstore is, by reputation, the oldest extant in London, and since the store itself has no discernible name, it is often referred to by this aged and peeling placard. Look for the winking sun is what those who seek the services of the antiquarian are told. Inside at a desk that's obscured by a berm of paper sits the proprietor of the shop, writing in a large book resembling a ledger, but whose contents include much more than a record of sales.
2: Friday, October 19th, 1886. Business this week has been lamentably slow. Full income for the regular stock in toto eight pounds, four shillings. What folly I chose in going into the book trade and how few its current pleasures, in days long past, a few hours at the stalls on Pada Nostra Row could yield treasures causing catalepsy in your regular bibliophile. <laughs> Today, it yields nothing but fox copies of yesterday's popular sellers and other rubbish. Yes, there still is the occasional idiosyncratic delight, Obtaining an excellent edition of Francis Bacon's De Argumenta Scientiarum*, for example, just last month, and grazing my fingers over its luxuriant inner pages before fixing its sale price. But, oh, so few. I should put up a close sign in the window and retire for gourd. Why not spend my twilight years tinkering in my workshop instead? I did have a bit of excitement around the special collection, however, earlier this week. I had the customer pegged for a client of the special collection immediately, for he wasn't the sort of gentleman you usually see in a bookstore. I'm looking for the antiquarian, he said, his eyes taking me in and my cluttered desk in his considerable height. Ah, (laughs) I have on occasion been spoken of with that merry nom de comarese, for I often deal in books that are ancient and venerated. Perhaps the name also refers to my advanced years, though. If so, it's a mild jest, and I take no offense. Now, how can I help you, sir? For I do have some familiarity with the stock. With that, I waved a hand towards the monumental piles of papers, manuscripts, bound volumes, triple-deckers, lithographs, ephemera, incunabula, documents, and other detritus of pulp, paper, and papyrus that cover every surface and every shelf of every bookcase of my shop. He did not seem convinced. Find something in this rubbish, Eat. he, <laughs> I dare it. And with that, he turned and clicked the lock shut on the front door. I ain't here for any of this dross. Ah, well, perhaps you're interested in one of my special collections. Special collections, eh? Eh? Yeah, what's that about? Our bookstore is known among certain circles for our special items. If, for example, if you are seeking some of the more outre elements of the books and photographs available to the connoisseur of the female form, I don't want none of your nerdy pictures and smut, or perhaps you are looking for something more exotic, I have a single copy of the infamous La Sûre de la Reine the amorous adventures of Our Royal Majesty's twin sister. A purely fictitious personage, of course. Though, the anonymous author is rumoured to be the very real poet, Algernon Charles Swinburne. Yet, even as I made my tempting offer, he leaned into me with a fierce expression. Now listen, you gout. I've been sitting here not for none of your books. Oh. Well then, Perhaps you're interested in valuable information.
1: Like what?
2: Um, I do a modest trade in certain indiscreet items that have come my way. Misappropriated love letters, lost personal diaries, plans and diagrams of certain residences. She said you was a devious little weasel. Makes this job easier. Oh, dear. Well, might I at least inquire as to who has sent you? It is so distressing to have offended people one doesn't even know. Fair enough. The Angel of Blood. Who? Uh, She said you wouldn't know that name. And as to what you did, I had no idea. Put the squeeze on the wrong person, I suspect. Nor do I care, because she's paying me not to. Now... Ahem. I'll make this quick. At this point, he produced a waving knife of exotic mane. A crease, unless I'm mistaken, of Indonesian origin. Though he did not present it for inspection, but rather made motions to use it on me. All right, then. <laughs> I assume you're going to make it look like a robbery. Who'd rob a bunch of old rubbish like this? Oh, my dear sir, permit me to assume that you're not much of a reader. He nodded. Even better, he lowered the knife slightly. There, I continued. Well, what looks to be nothing more than ephemera and foolscap to you is tremendously valuable to others. If, like myself, you have an intimate knowledge of this shop's hidden geography, A topographical knowing of what was under and over everything else, you would see rubies and emeralds glittering amidst us. He looked around the room, his dull eyes finally alight, though with nothing more elevated than Avarice. Right then, where do you keep the valuable stuff? Well, there are some of value in this room, but the special collections are in the basement. Please, before you end my life, let me show one last customer my greatest treasures. I suppose this time. Oh, no tricks, old man, or I'll paint your shop red. Ah, but all of these books are red already. <laughs> A little gallows humour, if you will. Please come this way. And so, trailed closely by this Hulking brute, I led the way to the basement stairs, taking up a kerosene lantern as I did. I don't see nothing down here except some more old books. Oh, you are correct, my friend. But unlike the stock above, collectively these books are worth several fortunes. This one, for example, a lovely edition of Plutarch's Lives in a condition we call very good. (laughs) Why, look at these pages, over three hundred years old. It's possible that Shakespeare himself may have gazed upon this very book as he wrote his Julius Caesar and Antony and Cleopatra. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Though he barely glanced through the pages, he held the book with care. How much is it worth? To a devotee of the bard? Priceless. But to a discerning buyer, eight hundred pounds or more. He slipped the volume into his coat pocket. We continued our perusal of my most precious treasures, both sacred (laughs) and profane. A first edition of Defoe's *Moll Flanders*, an illustrated *Utopia* of Thomas More, and an exquisite Wycliffe Bible—one of the few to escape the papist flames—as I brought forth treasure after treasure, I saw the faint fire of bibliomania begin to glow about him. Soon all his pockets were bulging with volumes, and his eyes had grown wide with greed. I dare say, if he hadn't been intent on killing me, he would have become a loyal customer. Yet, every browse, no matter how enticing, must at last come to an end. And now, let me show you a truly extraordinary Van Loon Atlas. Enough books, you've a date with my knife. But, I've yet to show you the pride of my collection. or can scarcely carry out what I've got. Ah, then how fortunate the most valuable item of all is only forty pages long. That got his attention. You see, my friend, value in the book trade depends upon many, many factors. Age, of course, and the fame of the author. But rarity, that is what determines the greatest value. You are aware of the American writer, Edgar Allan Poe? The one who wrote about the Raven, once upon a midnight dreary? The line is midnight dreary, but yes, yes, that's the one. Embraced in our age as a master of the Gothic, yet in his time he was an impoverished journalist hack so obscure that his first book, Tamerlane, and other poems, had a printing of only fifty copies, of which only twelve are known to exist. As I spoke, I led him further back into the stacks, into a singular alcove, where stood a single sturdy bookcase, and on its top a large black box, which I indicated to my would-be executioner. There! In that box, its cover, still crisp and pages still uncut, is a thirteenth copy of that book. Price? Inestimable, particularly as it's a signed copy. Now, let me find a stool and I'll fetch it down. Oh, never mind. I'll get it. He reached up, took a hold of the box with both hands and... dear, what's going on? Aha! My mechanical manacles! You see, I do love to tinker. I'm afraid I may have misidentified that particular text. While it is Edgar Allan Poe, the inspiration is his celebrated short story, A Cask of Amontillado. Since you're not much of a reader, I would guess you're not familiar with it. Let me go! As I retrieved my various valuables from his pockets, he wriggled in a most vigorous fashion. But his hands stayed fast in the grips of the mechanical manacles. Finally, with all the books retrieved, I stepped to the side of the wall. You're not going to leave me here, are you? <laughs> well, that's very much in my plan. in Po's charming story, you see. Our narrator walls up the unfortunate Fortunato brick by brick. A laborious process, particularly for an old man. Fortunately for me. Well, I like to tinker. Uh, a switch, a counterweight, and voila, a new stone wall. <laughs> Remarkable. You can't in the name of God. Oh, I shouldn't think so. Well, that was Tuesday. And it's been quiet since then. Remarkably quiet. I shall have to employ those masons again. They do excellent work. I've always enjoyed the personal motto of the narrator in Poe's story. Nemo me imponet necessit. None may harm me with impunity. His employer, this, um, angel of blood person, must learn that knowledge always comes with a cost. <laughs> or two. Ah, well, it's closing time. I suppose I can check my visitor in a week or so and see how he's getting on. I suspect... Not well.
1: The antiquarian's bookshop was performed by Larry Albert, and written by John Longenbach, with musical composition by Bruce Monroe, and engineered by Catherine Grant Sutti. To listen to more of the adventures of Brass, find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and please do consider posting a review. It is such a pleasure to hear from our listeners.